Hey y'all, it's your girl Sabby Speaks and I'm back with another episode. So this is everything under the sun and that's everything. Sorry, no, that's under without an E. Um, If you are new here, this is a podcast about literally anything and everything under the sun. And we take it from a spiritual perspective. So I have my friends come on and we just talk about the good stuff. And like I said, what did I say? I don't know what I said. Okay, so we're going to go into the weather check so I can let y'all know what the weather is like. So I'm currently in Berea, Kentucky, as you know, for school. And the high... Oh, wow. It's actually raining. Okay. So the high is 68. The low is 44. It's 66 degrees. And it is raining. It was not raining when I first came in here. But it is hot over here under the sun. And so if you're new here, hot stands for honest, open, and transparent. And so we really get really, really real over here. And because of our vulnerability, we always say that you can't cancel me unless I've canceled myself. So if you're worried about, you know, telling your truth and somebody going to say something, don't even worry because they can't cancel you unless and until and when you cancel yourself. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. So today we're going to soak up some vitamin D on parenthood and positive reinforcement. And I have my girl, you know what I'm saying, Danny D right here, <laughs> who is going to lead the conversation today because she's a she's a, a child and family studies major. Psychology at, hey, and child and family I was studies add the, the, I was going to add the, okay. Mm. So child and family studies major and a psychology major. And she's doing all of these things on, like Abra College. So baby, go ahead and introduce yourself again. Well, it's... This is not my first time here, but my name is Danielle. I'm a psychology and child and family studies major. Mm. And today we're going to talk about our parenting and positive reinforcement. We're going to break it down because positive reinforcement is not what people think it is. I think it's good things, but little do they know it's not really all that. But um, yeah, it's going to be fun. All right. So let's get into it. <laughs> Okay, so this is my podcast presentation project thing for Psychology 207, but I'm going to give permission for you to listen to this over and over again if you feel compelled to. Um, This topic is centered around parenting and ways positive reinforcement enables children to develop. We're going to talk about our objectives for today. We're going to talk about parenting, what positive reinforcement is, and the ways that it affects a child when they're growing up, and parenting styles also. So we're going to talk about all of that. And I have a guest, because what is the point of a podcast if I don't have a guest in my conversation? And it's none other than one of my good friends. Introduce yourself. Well, hi, my name is Sabrina Achampong. I am a senior here at Brea College, a business major with a concentration in marketing and management, and a minor in Espanol. Hey. Spanish, <laughs> eh? Yes, uh, estudio Espanol. Okay. I promise <laughs> you she's actually learning. She's not just pulling this from somewhere in Jesus' name. So we're going to start this. I don't. I know we have 10... Ten sources are supposed to be in here, so we're gonna pull them in. I'm gonna start with the opening question, Sabrina. What do you think parenting is? I think, in the most simple terms, parenting is like how someone raises a child. Mm. Yeah, as 
What is it? In there? <laughs> like, <laughs> How is it, someone raises a child. What are the things that cause them that add to raising a child? I mean, okay, so I think a lot of it has to do with nurture. It has to do with providing for the child, making sure that they're fed, um, clothed, educated, um, clean. Um, and then it's also building up their mental, spiritual, and physical and emotional like wellness. So like being there for them to educate them about life, um, hearing about their falls and their mistakes and helping them like grow into like the knowledge of how the world works and stuff like that. So, but then also like I think emphasizing the providing area, like um, making sure that they're fed, making sure that they're taken care of and their basic physiological needs are met. Oh, I mean, that's close enough to the definition that I came up with because um, this article, uh, it's called Parenting Practices and Aggression in Childhood Behavior Disorders. I'm going to use this article a little bit more in depth, but it talks about how parenting is kind of like the emphasis on how to uh, help a child develop into this natural realm mm. and helping them learn how to be more independent and learn how to, I like to use the word, manipulate the environment around them mm. and um sometimes parenting is a very difficult topic for a lot of people because i think people get really sensitive about their craft you know what i mean yeah. like you gave birth to this child how dare you tell me how to raise them but some parents you know some parents you know you're, you're, you're messing up a little bit. <laughs> you're, you're screwing some up your kids i mean berea students can't attest to that um today I'm going to talk about parenting mainly because I feel like parenting is kind of like the first relationship. Parents and your children are the first relationship that any human being is ever going to have with their with any other human being. Children learn so much from their parents that it's actually quite disturbing when you see a child that has that is raised without parents because how you how you how do you learn to interact with the world around you if you don't have parents? It's mm-hmm. kind of like that disconnection with this with social norms with society starts at it's already started when you were a child and so my heart goes out to all mm-hmm. the children that don't have parents it, it's really 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 sad you um, know it reminds me of it reminds me of like ducks like when ducks come out of like their shell as soon as they see their parents like they instantly follow them and then like the, the default like the bad part about it is like they can see something that's not a duck and they think that that's their parent so then they follow it. Why are you looking at me like that? Like, it's true. This is what ducks do. They imprint <laughs> on their parents. It reminds me of that one movie, The Ugly Duckling. Mm-hmm. I think it's a book too, but I read it. I watched it as a movie because I don't like to read. I read, I watched the movie and the duck did not look like uh, the other ducks around them. Mm-hmm. And so it was going to random other animals. So I was like, Mama, dang, that's sad. Yeah. <laughs> that's hey. really sad. Hey. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's really, really, oh dang, that's really, really sad. Oh, Lord Jesus. The Ugly Duckling book was good. But hey, it's okay. We're talking about human beings, but you were making a point. It's a good point because a lot of people, that's all they know, you know? And that's why people are like, no one's born racist, but it's a different conversation from another time. No one's born, I mean, well, well, yeah, but the other norms and stuff, depending on who you're raised around and yada, yada, yada. So the first thing that I want to talk about is child behavior and parenting so there are three three known parenting styles and um this article by cb webster is called positive reinforcement and behavioral deficits of autistic children it talks about the different styles of parenting so there is authoritarian authoritative and they call it permissive 
that's another word for saying your your child don't, your parent don't really care okay mm. but um permissive is kind of like a parent that allows that it's more like do you want to wash your hair today no okay you don't have to wash your hair today Boy. my african mom could never <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah and then the authoritarian uh, the authoritarian is like my house my rules right and then the authoritative parent is more of like okay so they kind of like to negotiate it's kind of like mm. it's my house my rules but i also understand that you are a developing human being on your own and you have your own personal desires which my african parents could never also i thought authority i thought it authoritarian was like the good one where it's just like you want to be authoritarian and like it's like a healthy balance of like my house my rules but like i still value what you think or am i switching up the two i i think i think you're switching the okay authoritative because it's kind of like it sounds more like democratic but i googled it an authoritarian is favoring or enforcing strict obedience mm. to a to authority okay especially the that the, that of a government and at the expense of personal freedom okay and then permissive is like freedom here freedom there freedom mm. everywhere Free will. gen z new next new generation um it's that soft parenting um, girl what's that so mm. anyway and then authoritative is more of like a gen not like gentle necessarily but it's kind of like i understand it's kind of like the balance between both right. so a lot of parents try to pull try to be authoritative but i feel like culture plays a big role because i know a lot of you know parents that are <laughs> trying to do that but they mess up mm. so i'm gonna ask you you know what what kind of parent do you think you're gonna be i know like you grew up in a different way but what kind of parent do you want to be when you're growing up I'm not even going to lie. I already knew it when you said it. I'm going to try to change it, but it's authoritarian. <laughs> I, think, I already know it. I already know it. Just because the definition sounds about right. Now, I know I want to be authoritative with like the little bit of the balance of understanding that they're human. I'm definitely not permissive. That's just, that's not me. I cannot. Oh, no, I cannot. Why? No, no, no. It's too soft. It's too soft. Like, Johnny, do you want to wash your hands after you just scratched your butt? No. <laughs> okay. It's like, nah, bro. Like, no, go, mom, I don't. Like, go and wash your hands. And so, like, I, I really feel like, I, I heard this thing that's just like, the way your parents raise you is often how you're going to raise your parent, your children. And my parents were very authoritarian. Um, but my mom was a little bit more lax. So, um, but there's still like a lack of like liberty and like the things that you can do. It's more like do this. Not you really have a choice. So I feel like I have a lot of that in my parenting toolbox, but I'm trying to like heal so I could be more authoritative than authoritarian. I like how you said you're gonna heal. What is one step what one step you're gonna make take to actually heal? I think I'm gonna spend more time with children. So that I can exercise my patience, uh, just because I realize I have a little bit shorter patience with children. But I have to remember, like they don't have twenty-one years of. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me say twenty-two because I'm twenty-two. Yeah. They don't have twenty-two years of experience of this life. They have like seven years, and so sometimes I feel like I have to go back and remember what was it like when I didn't really know much, but I was still trying to navigate the world, and I was like using my imagination for everything. You know, so mm -hmm. if I'm if I'm talking to you and I'm trying to tell you, hey, like six times eight is forty-eight, and you're just like six. I had six cookies. It's like, naturally, I want to be like, hey, pay attention. But, you know, I'm like, yeah, you know what? You do have six cookies. And if you ate six cookies eight times, it'd be 48. But that no. takes patience. It takes patience. But then, you know, like, children are going to be children. A child, uh, one of my professors in child and family studies, Dr. Meekham, shout out to that man. He's great. Children have no, like, mode of manipulation inside of them. 
They're just curious and they want to imagine. The moment you stop a child from imagining and allowing them to be curious, like Sam preaches, you you kill their childhood. And a lot yeah. of the time, we do that because, like, when was the last time you sat there and just imagined a beautiful future? All the time. So, <laughs> do you hear yourself? I do. <laughs> so you want to quench your you quench your children's uh, imagination because no, I love them to be children. I love them to explore this world so they can learn how to manipulate the world around them mm. i like that term a lot because it just really makes it more like you're in control like you are in control of the kind of the world that you live in what does that mean though like to me because you know a lot of times we think of the word manipulate it's like a bad thing so like what do you mean by manipulate the world around them because isn't the world going to be just what it is you just have to learn how to maneuver through the world that's what manipulation is so whenever we think of mani- manipulation in like uh human terms now i'd say is being able to like kind of like play the want to be able to bend it a little bit and and navigate around if you want to you want to be able to create it into whatever you want it to be the world is going to be whatever you want is going to be but sometimes it's not really what it is is what it could be Mm. and so a lot of the time when you allow children to explore and a lot of these articles i'm going to mention talk about that if you allow children to explore they're more likely to have better outcomes because they know their way around this world Mm. and so i mean being an african child coming from a single parent household it's very like i want to keep you safe and so we don't have a perspective of what the world can be except from the ones that our parents give us Mm. when you allow your children to create their own perspective it gives them a better chance of um succeeding in this life so are you saying like kind of like letting children explore and imagine um like explore their imaginations is kind of like Telling them life is what you make it. Yeah. Okay. In a sense. But then also we're giving them the tools to do so. Mm. And that's where reinforcement comes in. Ooh, talk to me. So reinforcement, according to uh, this article, Parental Responses to Children's Avoidance, Fear, and Provoking Situations. These articles, titles are actually really long because they're journal articles, but I'm an educated black woman, so I need them. Ooh. By Jane and Drake and caseline it talks about reinforcement being the ability to kind of cut off a behavior or enable a behavior Mm. and so a lot of the time when someone is trying to reinforce something think of it as um when you're trying to get a child to use a bathroom every morning right you there's some things that you do so basically in the for let's say for the next month you're gonna every time that they wake up you're gonna just put them on the toilet Mm. put them on the toilet at what age? This you can you can actually potty train a child at the from newborn to who knows when. Wow. Parents do that, but a lot of other people, you know, the internet. That's why I said don't put your child in business on the internet. They will tell you what to do. Is your child? They do not push that thing at your your this thing. <laughs> anyway, they they will try and tell you that oh, you're abusing the child because you're putting them on the toilet. What if we put themselves? Wow. I get really passionate about this conversation, but. Uh, putting them on a potty sometimes parents actually sit on the potty and then put them on there mm. and I guess the trinkle sound or something might trick their brain to also want to use the bathroom but early I think the earliest I've ever seen someone do that was three months mm-hmm. so they're potty training their child at three months and at the age of like six months the kid will not potty in their diaper wow it's it's so cool man kids are smart okay just wow. sidebar like children are not stupid at all they're not so why do these why do we keep treating them as if you're too young to understand? Auntie, no. Yeah, yeah. They're not too young to understand. Their mm. brains are developing. Even now is when that they will understand the most. The, ah, 
coming out the womb tell you what to do. Hey, how did you know they were in the womb? I just these iPad kids, girl. Ah, how you gonna tell me how to unlock my iPad? <laughs> how I saw you put your password in. I don't know, even change it. So now you don't know your password. <laughs> so smart and C review and reinforcing them too. So there is positive reinforcement and there's negative reinforcement. Um, the Surveydio, Surveydio, in his article of what and why of research of um, reinforcement, reinforcement is kind of like an it's a it's less aggressive way of con- kind of like um, it's less than punishment. Mm-hmm. I prefer reinforcement over punishment any day mm-hmm. because punishment is kind of just trying to your kid. Yeah, did your mom spank you? Of course. Yes. That's that's punishment. It's not reinforcement. It's punishment. Well, it's a reinforcing punishment because spanking you is adding to something. Okay. I'm going to break it down a little bit. Okay. But that's punishment is kind of like trying to just stop the, the behavior without really telling the child, giving the child a, reason, a way to learn it. You mm. know, learn why it's wrong or why it's right or anything of the sort. So... Um, spanking a child is kind of like not what you're supposed to do. A lot of the time, it causes them to be aggressive in the long run. I mean, you're not killing anyone, so that's good. Your your parents, God bless their hearts. But a lot of the times, whenever you spank children over and over, it kind of teaches them a way to that spanking someone is a way to get what you want. Mm. But um, there is diff- two types of reinforcement. There's positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement. People think positive reinforcement is the good reinforcement. And negative reinforcement is the bad reinforcement. But that's not really the case. Because this article by Servideo is telling us that positive reinforcement is just adding something. Right. Adding any form of reinforcement that you want. So And then negative is taking something away. So we know whenever you were in school and then your mom was like, uh, give me your phone until you get your grades up. Yeah. That's negative reinforcement okay. because she took away your phone. Right. But then if uh, for every single time that you use a swear word, your mom says, uh, put a penny in the, the jar. Right. That's positive reinforcement because you're she's adding something to it. She, or she's adding a task to it. Mm-hmm. So you're adding, she's adding a, a penny. I mean, you're losing the penny, but it's more of like, maybe for every time that you use a swear word, let me say it this way, that you, that's 30 more minutes of steady time. Right. That's positive reinforcement. So you're saying that positive reinforcement is like adding and the negative reinforcement is taken away. It's not necessarily good or bad. Yeah, it's not. Okay. But the thing is, that a lot of people don't know that because so then everybody's just like, oh my gosh, I'm a positive reinforcer. I'm a pot, my friend. Go ahead and read the article. <laughs> that means then stop that nonsense. Um, but that's, that's really what it is. And a lot of uh, people have tried to see how positive reinforcement really is preferred over negative because if you keep taking and taking and taking and taking and taking away from people, mm. a lot of people feel like it's just too much like you're taking away from them. It's kind of like I don't have any control you know some people will complain about or they don't feel like they have any uh they kind of like you can only take away so much right from a person mm-hmm. is anything i'm saying making sense yeah everything makes sense okay okay next point <laughs> next point i want to make is that um the way a person parents can affect a child's eating behaviors, mm-hmm. anxiety levels, and uh, aggression. I kind of hinted at it before, but um, a lot of parents do not realize that when you fail to encourage a child, they're less likely to eat. They're mm-hmm. less likely to enjoy 
living. Do you know a child, a baby, can be di- a baby as young as three months old can be diagnosed with anxiety? That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Someone was like, like i heard it before but it's just like three months and you are like you can already be anxious that that that's crazy and then separation anxiety builds up over time and man dang i don't know when i was younger you could get like anxiety at like 13 like but younger (laughs) i'm like three months like what what do you feel and know to even know that like you're anxious you know I mean, if you're crying and can't get and get on the floor, and your mom is just ignoring you, you what, what else do you want the child to but do? But can babies process that though? Like, can they notice that? Like, okay, because they can. They're they're crying. They're crying. They're crying. But their mom is not tending to them. Like, are they in their mind thinking like she doesn't love me? Like, <laughs> like you're three months old. Like, so what is going through a baby's mind whenever? Like, how does anxiety even develop at that age? Um, I think it's more like, I mean, I don't know, like, the deep, intricate, like, feel, like studies of it. But I think it's more of, like, just when a baby cries, it's a language. Right. You know, before they're able to use actual lingo like we do and put grammar and sentences together, their cries is their words. Mm-hmm. And so when a baby is crying, it's kind of like you attend to it. It's kind of like responding to it. Mm-hmm. If you were crying all the time, and no one was responding to you, fear built up. Because anxiety is just worry. Wow. Really and truly speaking. Mm-hmm. is an intensified sense of worry and fear. And so a child is just crying for an hour straight, which is not okay. That's neglect, by the way. Um, and you just, you know, they said cry it out. You're going to spoil them. I want to emphasize, there is no form of manipulation in a three-month-old. Oh, God. I should just get my degree. Let me Wait. become a doctor. Okay, I have a question though because I I don't know if I 100% agree just because there's those statements that's just like, you know when you're trying to wean a baby off of like, like okay, they know that whenever you they cry, you're going to tend to them. And so like, you, you know, let's say they need to learn how to sleep in their own room or sleep in their own crib. So you leave them and they cry. I've heard that sometimes you just have to let them cry themselves to sleep because then they're just going to sleep. I've never heard it as like a way that's just like is bad. Yeah, this is the first time I'm hearing that. I mean, honestly speaking, there I there is a line. It's a fine line between it because if a three month old who cannot who, who doesn't know anything about them except for like the crib that they're in because right. most of the time their f- full hearing doesn't develop until a certain age full sight doesn't develop until a certain age all they know is their body right and if i'm hungry my stomach is growling and i'm crying and there is no food being put in my mouth i'm gonna be stressed out mm-hmm. so kids are getting stressed out at the age of three months old because they're starving wow or they're, not, they're overstimulated. Mm-hmm. Or they just wet themselves or their, their diaper is filthy and they don't know what to do with themselves. Imagine sitting in your own poop. How would you feel? <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. You see? Now, when a child is at the age of like what? Most times, here's an issue too. People, parents, they wait too long to put their kids in their own rooms. Mm. A lot of time, okay, after up until the age of like six months, the child cannot sleep on their chest because these, most kids end up covering their face and then they stop breathing. Mm. So they have to sleep on their back. They can't be, they can't fall asleep uh, without supervision. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Most kids, when they are bigger, the older they get, like seven months and above, they can take a nap on their own or so. But up until then, they need to be supervised or else they can die. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you've heard of SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. SIDS is when like a child stops breathing while they're sleeping. Oh wow! And it happens at a, like a really young age, and so they can't be unsupervised, and that's why a lot of parents keep them in their room. Mm-hmm. But then, whenever the child is like seven months old, and then you've you decided that you keep them in your room, son. They'll sleep in your room, sleep in your room, sleep in the same bed with you. Mm-hmm. Then they magically 10, 12 months, and you want to put them in there. What part do you? What 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 were you thinking? What no? What were you thinking? I'm not bashing any parents. Mm-hmm. I'm not a parent. I don't know anything about parenting. As a matter of fact, in comp, I don't know anything. I am not qualified. But <laughs> Sabrina says the major, the science, <laughs> child and family studies major. I don't know because Sabrina, think about it. This is my territory. This is my space. Mm-hmm. And at the age of a year old. You want to put me in a different room mm-hmm. and tell me that I should sleep there in the, in the night by myself. What's the difference between putting them in their own room at six months and then putting them in their room at one year? I don't, I don't know. I think it's just they get they adapt to it a lot faster. Personally speaking, I feel like it's so much easier. Then again, so some kids just like the comfort of their parents. Mm-hmm. That's the attachment style, too. Right. But those attachment styles are also built. We're not doing attachment styles today, but those attachment styles are built yeah. based on the early stages development. So okay. if you're allowing a three-month-old to develop anxiety disorder, best believe you're going to have a hard time putting that six-month-old to bed or that uh, 12-month-old into their own crib at the age of, you know at that age. Mm-hmm. Because then they have this develop uh, this separation anxiety when you walk out the room, you see. So it's not. <laughs> hey, that is valid. So then, like, okay, I want to ask, like, okay. w- so what do you do whenever, like, your child doesn't want to separate from you? Let's say they're like four months. I like to me that's still a newborn. Like four months is very fresh. Mm-hmm. Why well, don't separate from your four month old? Nobody <laughs> tell you that. <laughs> Please keep that four month old in your room so that you they don't die. Please, but um. Four months old is a valid age for them to not want to separate. Okay, it's a valid age. I'm just saying, like when you start, when they, st- I'm telling you, man. Once the baby can reach into your chest, your shirt, and pull the boob out to suck on it for <laughs> breast milk, that baby can pay tithe, honey. You better take that baby into their own room. Uh-uh. These parents be like, he's still. I'm weaning him. I don't know what to do. My friend puts tape the boob so he cannot see that it's there anymore. <laughs> These parents they just stop pushing their foot down. Talk about I don't know what to do. You know what to do, auntie. You're not a bad parent because you want to give children other better options mm. there the kid has teeth he can bite he's there's no reason why he's sucking when he can bite tell oh, me to chew sh- a carrot oh chew some chicken i i like chicken so i'm putting chicken in this thing <laughs> tell them to eat something proper like something more healthier i don't know that's what i think mm. but a lot of parenting behavior is what causes children to conduct a lot of like unemotional traits like children i'm telling you if you if you show your ch- if you don't work on yourself as a young as a human being as an individual right and you have children though that n- nasty mean mugging face personality rbf and i'm just mean i say it as it is head looking boy <laughs> if you don't those personality traits is gonna cause your children to develop them too wow a lot of children go to school developing and uh, having like negative uh behaviors right because their parents have those negative behaviors mm-hmm. and that's what like uh cream says in his article parenting behavior and the growth of a child uh growth of child conduct conduct problems is that he's talking about the fact that listen if you your parents have these uh are raising you the wrong way and they don't show you like the nurturing skills they need to share uh, show you they don't encourage you all they do is talk bad about you all they do mm-hmm. is like give you attitudes and they don't they don't give you the the intentional TLC, tender love and care that they're supposed to give you, your child is going to go out there and show 
negative um negative uh behaviors and negative parenting styles are like authoritarians <sighs> authoritarian parenting styles is ideal in some cultures but at the end of the day unless your child is in the environment where they have the knowledge to break out of those things you're, you're giving them a lifelong generational curse to break mm. <sighs> preach and it's really don't tell me to preach because you know i do it real quick <laughs> i will start because it's, it's really really like it's disheartening because we see we see all these children young 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 ages who are constantly developing every day who are constantly feeling like they're not worth it they're not, mm. they don't feel loved and there is a time in your life like i think the age of 12 and you can correct me if I'm wrong in this podcast. I don't know. But I think 12, between the ages of like 11, 10, 11, pu- those like puberty ages, mm-hmm. adolescent ages, these children start to want to know who they are. They question their identity, right. self-worth. These kids are wondering, how can I be like, you know, Nicole because she's popular in school and all right. the girls like her and what do I need to wear? And they need, they want to be accepted by, by, the, by society. If your parents isn't accepting you for who you are or... They're not even encouraging you that you are worth being loved. You're worth, you're seen, you're heard, you are protected. Like, I'm here for you as your parents. Mm-hmm. If your parents, if your children don't feel like you're a safe space to go and they're going to go out there to go find a safe space. Yeah. And this world, because of how demonic it is, oh, this is why school project or something. I'll add it. Because of how demonic they are out there, mm-hmm. these children are learning bad habits of how to feel accepted, yeah. how to be loved. Safe spaces are not doing drugs. Right. You don't feel good by getting high. That's not it's not it's not legit. Right. You can't because you because you failed, Jennifer, to give your daughter a hug when she asked for it. Now she's going out there to go find hugs, give other people hugs. Not the nice hugs, the other hugs. <laughs> if you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, the extra poom poom and boom boom. <laughs> and this and, and people and t- people are taking advantage of her body right. because She's so she yearns for that love mm-hmm. that she never received as a child. Right. You know, I think that's very common. I see that in a lot of like people nowadays where you can tell and it is weird because you can tell. You could tell whenever someone didn't receive love from home or like physical affection mm-hmm. cuz then when they do taste it then it like I don't know, I think media plays a role in like whenever they see affection they think it's like sexual. And so um, a lot of us, and I can say me included, like growing up, if someone wants to touch me, I'm thinking, ooh, the sexual don't touch me. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't give me a hug. You, Hallelujah. You know, and so I, I realized that um, affection and giving your child that physical attention is very, very important, especially at a young age. Because number one, um, when they think of body parts, they shouldn't automatically think of sex. Um, they should know that, you know, if someone gives me a hug, it's a warm embrace. And there's, other, I mean, there's levels to this, you know, as you know. So uh, romantic and like physical affection don't always mean the same thing Mm -hmm. and so it doesn't pervert like oh me hugging daddy or me hugging mommy and me hugging billy bo bob and me at 17 hugging a guy that i like like there should be a clear distinct difference between all of them so i i I just feel like that's valid especially like with the boys like we have friends that are very affectionate to each other yeah someone whose trauma informed life has come to this environment to tell you that if the guy is hugging another guy even though like i i love I'm not even to. I'm not going to buy this. What I feel, but you know, people love differently. But yeah. just because a guy is hugging a guy yeah. or a guy is crying another guy's arm doesn't mean they're gay. Right. That's facts. That, that it doesn't mean they're gay. Yeah. And so, stop it. Like unless they've openly come up to you and be like, yeah, I love. I'm attracted to other men. 
stop it. Right, right, right. It's it's not fair to put people in a box. And I feel like that's actually one of the reasons why a lot of people end up finding identity issues. Yeah. Because I don't feel I like to hug. I'm a, a guy who's in, who is more on the sensitive side. Mm-hmm. I identify as a guy who's on the. I'm actually I'm a woman. I'm just hypothetically. <laughs> I oh Jesus have mercy. <laughs> I I have I'm identify as a, a guy hypothetically as a guy who is on an emotional side, a sensitive side. I like to give a warm embraces to other guys to show them that they are seen, loved, heard. And you somewhere money your own business. Oh, he's gay. He's gay. He's gay. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if your parents do not hug you, God say it. Right. Say it so that we can comfort you and give you hugs yeah. and love on you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people fall into that category because they don't, as someone, as a guy who's already like more, emo, uh, more, I don't want to say emotional because it sounds bad, but it being emotional is not bad. I think it's the ex, too much emotional. Yeah, that one, when it's up there, past 100 is when we are questioning things. But if you're a guy who shows emotion, you know, you don't feel like the ideal masculine guy. Right. I don't, I want to encourage you guys not to worry too much about it. I mean, if you find out that this is what you like, then watch what you like. But until then, just be you. You don't right. have to change and conform to some angry man with six packs who walks yeah. around. You know, that's to not the idea. You don't have to prove yourself to anyone. Yeah. Even for women also who aren't submissive and all. Yes, sir. No. Like, if you're not like that, that's okay. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make you less feminine. Right. You know? There's more... The def- what defines your womanhood is not if you have a curvy body and if you can speak on a low baritone or nice, soft, gentle voice. That's not what women help. Yeah. Has somebody say, hey, Miss Carr. No. <laughs> the, that's not how it goes, you know? Shout out to Beyonce, though, you know? That was good. <laughs> but that's not, that's not what makes you a woman. It really isn't. Yeah. And because people don't even know how to define those things, people are just putting everybody in the box at this point. Yeah. At this point, they put me in a container. They've closed it. Hey! <laughs> they... Sealed it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that's this is that's where I stand on those kind of things because we're putting too many too many labels out there for people to feel more confused because right. they don't fit into the social norm. Mm-hmm. And screw the social norm. You are who you are and what you are, regardless of anyone what anyone else says it. All you have to do is just believe. You don't have to Google, you know, the terms and the the phrases and the the you know the definitions of things they make they give clarity right they're not supposed to confine you mm. if a definition is putting you in bondage is it really a definition or is it a, is it this is slavery at this point mm. it shouldn't bind you down to something that you don't approve you're not you don't feel like you are and that's why i don't approve of social norms but back to positive reinforcement <laughs> <laughs> I just want to end. Well, I don't. I don't even know if I. I, well, I don't want to end necessarily, but I want to add this onto it. Sigler and uh, Amiter, they were uh, authors and researchers, and their their article is says from positive reinforcement to positive behaviors, an everyday guide for a practitioner. And this is an early childhood journal entry, and these authors they really really wanted to emphasize that positive parenting leads to positive behaviors in children. Mm-hmm. Positive parenting, or I'm going to say positive reinforcement, leads to positive parenting, a positive behavior, sorry. So positive reinforcement leads to positive behavior. Yes. Okay. How they did this was that it breaks down basically the fact that um, if, ch- if parents were to live on this everyday guide of encouraging your children and more like adding something to the way they did things. So instead of negative, just adding a little bit of something. And it, it's, it's a way to erase manipulation from 
especially African parents, they need to read this article. They need a way to erase manipulation from parenting and from <laughs> and from children. Like so, so don't be like, if you don't come to church, I'm gonna I'm going to I'm gonna take away your phone. Okay, take it. No, they say I'll tell Pastor. I'll tell. Right, tell. In fact, <laughs> when you tell him, CC me so I can respond to the message. <laughs> because you know these kind of things, we, we take we take them lightly because it's like it's an easier way to to get your children to do something. Right. And it's it because of how easy it is to get your child to do something when you manipulate them and be like, if you don't go to church, Charlie, no more TV for the next week. And it's like, oh my gosh, mom, I want to go. You know, it you know honestly, it builds resentment from your child. Mm. If those I know from my for a fact like there's so many times that you know my mom would do something and I'm just like oh my gosh you know now instead of me like loving you and feeling like I can make mistakes and you can correct me the right way I just I'm afraid to even show you my flaws mm. I don't want it got to the point I don't want my mom to see me when I mess up I would rather hide the fact that I failed and then improve on my own and then come back and show how I've improved mm-hmm. you know so what if like because i know some parents use it as motivation instead of like a negative thing so if they're just like okay put your phone away so you could do your homework or else like okay pretty much the example that you gave is like if you don't go to church i'm gonna tell pastor that's more of like a punishment way but let's say it's like if you don't go to church uh, if you don't get up and get ready for church i'm gonna take your phone whereby you know like for in that instance somebody's phone is actually what's delaying them and they're on their phone on tiktok all day and they're just like get up and let's go to church so like what if it's used in that way of like would that still be considered manipulation um i don't know if that makes sense it makes it i think i understand what you're trying to say manipulation manipulation even when it's it's clothed in white linen it's manipulation Mm -hmm. i feel like there's a way to communicate it to your child obviously they don't understand the value of going to church Mm -hmm. Obviously, they don't understand the value of the reason why chinchina, that means by force, um, we should go to church. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of you threatening to take away their phone, remind them that you can have more time to on your phone if you are to get ready right now. Mm. I want to I want to say that I'm not saying that though that technique is horrible, but Sometimes it's okay to go the extra mile to make sure that your child is understanding things properly. Right. You know, we're not saying that ignore, ignore the, those, you know, spare the raw. I'm not saying erase, spare the raw, spoil the child. I'm not saying right. none of that, you know, because as believers, sometimes that's the, we want to be very literal with what scripture says. But I also want to emphasize the fact that you have to understand that you're speaking to another human being. Mm-hmm. And as much as you want to train up a child in the way that they go, they should not depart from it. You want to train them up to understand the values of life right. that you want to instill in them. If the only reason why they're going to church is because they don't want you to take away their, away their phone, then when they go to church, they're not going to think about what the pastor is saying. Mm-hmm. All they're thinking about is, I can't wait to get my microphone, my phone, my phone, my phone, my phone. Right. And so, what's the point of them going to church so that they can go and see everybody and see? Oh my gosh, you've gotten so big. When I saw you were this small, no, hey. that's not what. That's that's not the point of going to church. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So. There should be other ways to communicate it. Changing your language is a good way. Changing your language is really, really, really going to save you when it comes to raising children and kind of raising them in the way that you want them to go. Right. And uh, it's hard. It's hard to parent. It is really, really hard to parent. But I feel like one, the moment you decide to lay down with someone and, you know, I'm trying to find a, a, a really holy way to say oh this. Oh my gosh. You know what? I actually learned this word today. Mm. It's called, oh my gosh, what is it? Sito? It's it's pretty much a very sophisticated way, very sophisticated way to say mm-hmm. like have intercourse. 
Oh my gosh. I wish I could remember. Okay, continue. I'll bring it back. <laughs> oh, I was the one. I want to touch on a few articles while we were there so that you guys can go ahead and read it on your own. There's this article exploring positive classical training procedure effects and evaluation on coitus. children. What is that? Coitus. 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 When you lay down to have coitus. Yes. Uh uh-uh. uh. It's another way to say it. Sounds like a quay fish. Coitus. It's described, or sorry, it's defined as um, sex. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we can just be grown before I say, well, you let out to have sex. I like to say coitus. Emphasize on the E and the X. It sounds like bougie when you say, like, coitus. We we just had coitus. Please don't go around telling people that you had sex. It's not cute. Like, we don't want to know what you're doing. Sex is so 90s. Coitus is so now, you know? How? New ages are you? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Let me. Um, but if you once you lay down to have coitus sex in a course, you know, just know that there's a responsibility once the semen hits the egg. Mm. You know, and to God be the glory. Once that fetus grows to become a person with an identity, mm. you need to understand how to relate to that identity so that you do not inflict more pain and harm on that person because. Hurt people hurt people. Come on. I just want to cover on these articles before we continue because I know that we're going to have to probably have a hard way of uh, putting these in. But I mentioned um, exploring the positive classical training and conditioning with children, thoughts about children and behaviors toward other children. And this article, it's by um, Wagner and Milner. It's about a bunch of people, but specifically Wagner because he's the first author because so he's the kind of the main person he is basically talking about how exposure for parents to see different ways of training their children and alter judgments we really this article really emphasizes how um children parents should explore should learn should explore different ways of training their children so they do not focus on learning from the uh, from their parents that screwed mm. up you know so go out there explore other um, ways of parenting, especially one of the things that they did was changing the language while addressing children reduces the risk of child abuse. Mm. After conducting two studies, they saw that when they reduced ch- parents reduced their language, their harmful language for children, it reduced child abuse. The other article I also want to cover, we talked about it a little bit, but it's also this this um, an everyday guide for the practitioner for parents talks also about. Um, child development and how parents should also learn news of new ways of positive reinforcement because it can balance the difference between manipulation and reinforcements when trying to steer your child into the most appropriate way of behavior and self-expression i don't know if i've done 10 already but this one is also very important this is a trauma-informed behavioral parenting for early intervention. And this article discusses the benefits of trauma-informed behavioral parenting and early intervention. It has also discusses the availability and acceptability of trauma-informed behavioral training programs for, ch- for parents. So this is also really important for parents to also go and see where their trauma is and how it manifests in how they mm-hmm. raise their children. Who wrote that one? This one is about is by Agazi and Ferran and... Shaffer Hodkins. Hey, Agazi um, and Shaffer Hodkins. I'm telling you. Another one is you guys did well. It's giving a couple shia. You know, it's <laughs> just, just really, really tongue-fied. Well, so that one was about like parents figuring out their trauma? Yes. It found out that parents improved with the use of 
uh, positive verbal reinforcements. Whenever they learned how their trauma manifests in their language towards their children, when they changed it. Mm. I'm really emphasizing the easiest way to positively, positively reinforce your child is to change your language. And so I really, that's most of my articles are really focused on that. And the last one that I'll mention is parenting behavior and the growth of child problems. I brushed over this just a little bit, but I this one is by Falk. Falk and Styles. And they talk about how um, ch- uh, that children that had bad parents <laughs> or they had parents with negative parenting styles increase the child of a, the chance of a child manifesting negative emotions. And so if, ch- if parents were to educate themselves on positive ways to parent, the children are less likely to have um, negative behaviors. Mm. But those are the articles. And so... I don't know how we're going to put it in there, but hopefully that you guys heard at least something. Heard at least something. Oh, this one too is nice. Application of positive reinforcement for improving mealtime of a child at a home setting. And that's by Budo and Siddiqui. <laughs> I said the name wrong, but it's the way. That's what it is. And this article is determining the connection between a child's eating habits and the positive reinforcement they receive. And so the study was conducted on a three-year-old, really, really young child. Wow. And the researchers hypothesized that the child would eat more when they were encouraged. And the study took about 45 days. And in the end, the researchers found that encouragement to a child allows them to feel more confident when trying new foods. And so that's, was it like being encouraged to eat or being encouraged, period? Yeah. Same. So don't say if you don't eat as if you don't eat this, I'm going to spank you. Or if you don't eat this, you're a bad girl. Oh, Lord, let me not go there. Yeah. Encouraging them that it's, it's, a, it's a good option to try. And if they didn't want to try it, it was okay. okay. But encouraging them that they, what they're doing is a good thing. And trying a new food, you know, I'm so proud of you for trying this. You know, I know it was not easy, but I'm so proud of you. Mm. You know, be a nurturer. Stop this hard girl thing. You can't be a hard girl parent. Who are you talking to, bro? <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> that is a charged statement. No, because it's just so it's so like irritating, you know? You cannot be a hot girl parent. You need to learn how to nurture people. Even men, when they're looking for a wifey, they're looking for someone who is loving and nurturing. Why did you do the voice? The, the not definition of femininity. Because I don't want to be not loving and nurturing. That's <laughs> how scared people are. They're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Am I doing something wrong? Lord, save me. But it, it really, really helps because your children's, you're raising, you're raising the next generation. Right. You know what I'm saying? Can I ask questions? Oh, of course you can. I'm sorry. I'm just going on and on. Oh, no, no, you're good. Did you get your sources? Uh, let me see. Okay, because you got to cite them. Sources, girl. What is that? APA, MLA? APA, honey. Hey. I'm a psychology major, baby. What is it? American Psychology Association. I think so. I don't know. Look at me. Give me my degree already. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I do have questions because, okay, so I love the show on Hulu called The Parent Test. Love, love, love it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it takes like 12, I think it's 12 parents from across the US and they all have very different parenting styles. And so you have like the strict parent, the helicopter parent, the free range parent, um, single parent. And so they all have like their different categories of how they parent their child. And so each parent goes through a challenge and they see how their children respond based on how they were raised. And so 
Um, at the end of the day, they go through all these challenges and they try to see who's the best parent, who has the par- best parenting style in America. I loved it because it like it gave me light to how other people parent their children. Like there were some people that I was like, y'all are too loose. Like y'all are giving the children too much like freedom. There was other ones that they they never spend time away from their like their children. Like they're always together. And so like I personally love the show because I got to see different uh, parenting styles. And you yeah. asked me like what. What kind of parent would I be? And I want to ask you, what kind of parent do you think you be? I think I would be an authoritarian. Mm. I, I, after, honestly, I think I would be in a, as much as like, I grew up in a house that was like a little discombobulated. I grew up with a mom that she, um, uh, I didn't go with my father. So my mom, she was more of like, where I said, go, you go. But she also was, her fist wasn't too tight to us exploring like, a lot of things, especially when I moved here. My mom over here, she wasn't. I mean, until we started, when we started driving, especially, she wasn't too like hard on us to try new things. Mm-hmm. And so it was more of like be safe. Like even now, it's kind of like oh, when you get there, tell me, let me know when you get there safely. Right. It's kind of like be safe, but and also wise in the decisions you make. But I also want you to be able to be more uh, independent enough to explore. And so I think an authoritarian. Is the balance between authoritative, a spirit of God, authoritative parents is the is the perfect balance between free range or permissive and the authoritarian. Where the older you get, the the looser my right my uh, control is and stuff because I don't want you to die. You know, yeah, it's my job to keep you safe and healthy. That is true. I do. I, I like the conversation about parenting because it makes me. I I think about this all the time. Like, if I had a child that did this, how would I respond to it? Now I know, like, had I never come to college and I just stayed in my parents' house, I think my responses to children would have been much much worse. Because I've had moments where I like lashed out on children. I'm like, <gasps> what is coming over me? <laughs> <laughs> like moments where I was like, I'm gonna beat this child down, bro. What? And now, you know, I've learned a lot about like how a lot of us have turned out like you know i always said i was gonna beat my children because i like the way that i turned out like i was like i'm pretty good i'm alive um yeah, yeah. and then you start going to counseling mm-hmm. and then you realize that you're not actually okay <laughs> <laughs> and that there's no work to do so mm-hmm. um so I, I i think about this all the time am i going to have like am i going to beat my children how do i plan to raise them and like what am i going to do different like i still want to raise my child in a way that they're still like secure and they're tough and they're not too sensitive but then i also want them to pay attention to their emotions because i had to learn how to pay attention to my emotions in college i was 18 before i could figure that out and so it's like sometimes i think would i rather them be too sensitive and then learn the hard way how to toughen up or would i rather have them be too tough and learn how to soften up and i always choose the latter you want your children to be confident in who they are Mm -hmm. and Sometimes holding on too tight makes them unable to be confident in themselves. Because mm-hmm. I know, like the, in in the parent test, there's this family. This is two, this two dad family, and they talk about how they're they're on a schedule all the time. Yeah. And I think at a certain point, there was a test where they would jump from the ten feet diving board into the pool, and because the parents had constantly encouraged their children, you can do this. And giving them a schedule to reach. I don't know. The schedule thing, I don't know how it connects to that thing. But it was the fact that I could see that the parents constantly encouraged the child that whatever they decided to do, they were free to like do it. And the parents would support them. And also reminded them that they were able. Mm-hmm. Reminding your child that everything you need 
is inside of you. Hashtag Disney Channel. LOL. You know, you were more than capable. You were stronger than you think. That is the encouragement. That's part of the positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Reminding them that they are more than able to do the things that they desire and aspire to do. It gives them that kind of that, that confidence to be mm-hmm. and go out into the world and do exploits, you know. And so when a little boy jumps off of the cliff, his brother obviously is a little shy. And the, both the parents and the, the the little boy are celebrating the brother. My gosh, you can do this. You can do this. Just close your eyes. It's super easy. You can do it. We're here to catch you if you fall. If at any point you decide to fall or things don't go well and you fall, we're here to catch you. And I think God does the same thing for us even, you know, I have to tie Jesus in there somehow. <laughs> um, he does the same for us all the time. Like even when we stray away, that's what we want to do. Our aspiration for parenting should be Jesus. Mm. It shouldn't like, cause really and truly speaking, that's what we want. We want children who are going to embody the nature of Christ, you yeah. know? And so you, instead of you trying to control every situation, and I think at a certain point, it's kind of like finding the balance where, yes, you're able to stand in the calling that God has given you to be a parent, mm-hmm. but also allowing them to also explore, but also reminding them that even if they strayed away, you're going to be that that father standing at the gate waiting for them to come home. Mm. It's hard because we're people. We're people that also fall short. And we know that the world is not as the world is not as pardoning and loving and mm. caring as we are for our own children. And so we're like, listen, when the world out there they don't care about you. I hear a lot of black moms telling their sons, like, listen, if you don't get yourself together, you're going to get killed. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to tell your child that at the age of 12 that, hey, if you're walking on the side of the road, take out your earbuds and put that hoodie down. Mm-hmm. Or else if someone sees you and they feel uncomfortable, even by the way that you walk, they're going to call the cops and you might die. Right. You know, the world is not as favoring. They're not that gentle. And so I understand when parents are very, very adamant on the fact that they want their children to get their life together. I really, really do with all of my heart. But I also want them to understand that if you want your child to be confident, to even feel like they can even get a job, to feel like they can even do anything, even to the point of going to the down the street to buy food, you need to positive re- positive affirmation. You need to encourage them mm-hmm. that they can. That's my thought. Valid. Okay, that's very very valid mm-hmm. so i want to do like a like an activity so i'm gonna like say different like phrases of how parents say things and then because you said uh in one of the articles that vo- changing the vocabulary does a lot mm-hmm. um in affecting how they come out and uh, how they turn out so i want to say something and i want you to like kind of rephrase it to how it probably should sound amen <laughs> hallelujah okay I brought you to this world and I can take you out. <laughs> Hashtag black mama. Uh, <laughs> I gave birth to you and I can kill you. <laughs> I want you to be safe and that is why I'm worried. Mm. So you're saying it's more about the parent expressing how they feel rather than... what? How, wait, does that even correlate? I brought you to this world and I could take you out. Most times when your mom is telling you that, isn't it that she's upset with you? Yeah, but like, what did you say? But I want you to be safe, and that's why I'm worried. Mm. You know, she gave me a scenario because I don't know how to change okay. that into more of like Got a positive you. thing. Okay, so let's say a 14 year old boy is arguing with his mom because he wants to go out with his friends, and she's saying, "No, I want you to stay home." And he's like, "Bro, but my friends always go out." And she's just like, 
no, I want you to stay home. And he starts getting aggressive. And she's like, boy, I brought you into this world and I can take you out. Yeah, I think I'll stick with my first thing. Okay. Uh, John, do not raise your voice at me. We're not, I'm not against you. I know this is, I'm telling you, it's such a hard thing. I am not against you. I want you to be safe. And that is why I'm worried. That is why I really think you should stay home. It's either you stay home or you turn on your location and at, at all points, if anything, or I drop you off or something. You turn on your location and or you have to come back home. You can't spend the night. You can go visit and come back home. But I want you to be safe. And that's that's why I'm okay. talking to you like this. <laughs> so next scenario. <laughs> next scenario, you have a sixteen year old daughter and um she had a prom. It's prom season. Hell. She had prom and you know the boy that she went to prom with and you told her that she has to be back by twelve. Normally her curfew is ten thirty, but you said she has to be back by twelve. Mm-hmm. And uh she gave you her word. The boy also gave you her word, but she comes home at two thirty. Okay. Hey, I have something to say. God, well, tell tell us what you gonna say. What's the girl's name? Samantha. Samantha. I know it's your prom night, but you have to be responsible. One, and two. How can I keep trusting you to go past, go a little bit above your curfew? If you can't even, if you can't show me that you're going to abide by those curfews and come back home on time, I'm not going to yell at you, but it's the same thing with safety. We're going to go back to the conversation about safety. I'm going to go back and I'm going to be like, never again. I want to emphasize that my parents' skills are different from yours. If you want to whoop your kid, go ahead and, oh, don't do that. But I want to emphasize that your safety is very important to me. And that is why I really encouraged you to come home by 1230. You know, because of this, I'm going to put my positive reinforcement because that's how you get positive behaviors. (laughs) Because of this, for the next week, I want you to put on your location at all times and you cannot turn it off. Thank you. What? Bro, you know what? I don't know if it's a child of me. I'm like, bro, like turn off my location. Like, that's easy. What? I'm like, okay, maybe this is where my heart just comes in. I'm like, bro, no punishment, bro. Like, turn on your location. That's easy. She did it just one time. Hey. She just two did hours it. and 30 minutes. What do you want me to do, Sabrina? I should kill her. <laughs> <laughs> I should be. Samantha, I can't believe me. I can't, I can't do anything. That's- I can't really do anything. She's a. If she's going to prom, most likely she's 18. She's 16. Prom, I, I mentioned still, I mentioned she's 16. Who's the 16 year old is going well, to Well, she's 16 in this scenario. <laughs> okay, she's 16. Mm-hmm. Okay, then that will be a <sighs> I mean if your answer remains, your answer remains. You know what I'm saying? I mean if it remains, it remains, but then like I think there's other factors. If she's 16, I don't think I put the, I don't think I heard mm-hmm. that part. If she's 16, then she can't go she can't go out in the night for mm-hmm. the next month. Oh nah. If she's 16 and she came home two hours later and she didn't tell me why she was coming home late. Why? Because your friend was kissing you on the back. Hey, I, I think I think I think I'm going to change my answer on that one. I w- Samantha, you need to be responsible and it's a safety thing. You're only 16 years old. There should be no reason we are coming home at 2.30 from now on. For the next month, I want you to put on your location I'm going to have to put two things, negative and positive reinforcement. Crap. 
trying to be a positive parent <laughs> <laughs> for the next month i want you to be i want you i want you to, i want you to understand that this is a safety thing i'm going to explain to them the issues with human trafficking and you know being a woman out that late i'm also going to explain to them the fact that for the next month they can be they can be out past um what do you call it curfew so the curfew is 10 we now cry. It's too early. It's too late. My friend, me and us, eight sixteen. I came with my eight. Kai, <laughs> eight p.m. You have to be home by eight. Or if they have their own car, they have to give me the keys for the next month, and I'll be dropping them off at the places that they need to go Dying. to. Okay, put down your foot, mama. <laughs> I don't know. Like <laughs> I said, yes, 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 yes. This is my kind of reason. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I feel like it just exposes a lot about me because it's just like, okay, had I been Samantha and you were, and I was sixteen and you're like turning your location, I'm like that's easy. Like you're much, <laughs> mommy. You're much. But oh then, <laughs> wow! <laughs> but then if you were like, <laughs> if you were like, okay, so I had to turn my location. But then also I had to like be home at a certain time. It's just like, dang, now I really can't be going out like I want to because mind you, prom season is close to like graduation time and like summer is coming, so people want to be out anyway. So it's like, dang, this person's having the graduation party. I have to be back at eight, starts at seven. You know, so that's when I'm just like, dang, I actually kind of messed up. And like my mindset, especially if I was the parent. It's just like I want you to feel it because I know for me and my siblings growing up, like we used to feel it. Of course, we got beat. Uh, <laughs> 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 we used to feel it for sure, uh-huh. but it was almost like if it wasn't if it was a punishment that didn't really like affect me. It was like oh, <sighs> what like that 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 don't do nothing for me. But like taking away the car keys, I'm like okay, that's valid. Then again, you know I'm a very I'm a person that I'm, I I value discipline. I value like accountability i value responsibility and so it's just like if anything if my daughter were running late and like let's say it's it's 11 30 and she realizes she's not she's not going to be home at 12 i would i would respect it that she texted me and then we go from there like if she's like oh mom like uh, i got caught up in time yeah. i lost track of time yeah i'm on my way that one i would i would definitely like i don't even think there'll be a punishment i would just be like now you know like you're supposed to be here on that but you let me know like my thing is let me know communication so yeah, because your safety is more important. Aunties are killing people. Though. <laughs> That's the thing. Like a lot of the kids, I went to school, high school with this girl, you know, and she went to a party, and she did not tell her parents that she was going to the party. She snuck out, and that was the last day. And her parents <gasps> saw her. Shut up. Yes. And so, it, safety is a huge thing, and I and that's why I understand where parents are more strict because now, like their children's safety is at it's at yeah. stake. Yeah. And so, auntie, in fact, matter of fact, clean the floor. <laughs> I understand that I want to feel it part, but only thing, the thing is, those feelings are only but for a moment. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if your child is feeling angry for something that you did 20 years ago, auntie, you need to go back and apologize because the feelings should only be for a moment. Yeah. But then you have to understand that mom just wants me to be safe. So if you reiterate the fact that I want you to be safe, mm-hmm. and that is why I do the things I do. That's why I put these systems in place so that if anything at all, we can backtrack. Then again, right. you can't control every single possibility and outcome of anything. That's true. But just be like, hey, listen, I want you to be safe, and this is why X, Y, and Z, and da 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 da. It makes it so much more easier for the child to be able to respond to you if things like that go bad. I really do like the fact that you said, you know, if they text you, then the punishment is gonna be lax. But auntie, if me personally, if by, my mom hears, my mom is okay. If by eleven thirty she texts me, she's like, so are you going to see what the person's house or what? Your mom. She would text me if, if I'm not back by a certain time. So she says, she, I remember one time I went to visit my friends and it was like around eight nine. Mm-hmm. She's like, I told you like, 
if you're there past a, a late time unless you're sleeping at the person's house when are you coming home wow my mom yeah. should be like that but yeah I that's my dad yeah, <laughs> he would call it's like he's like be home at this time but it doesn't start until after the time you told me to be home so <laughs> like that he was <laughs> so, no, I, feel that. I totally feel that okay mm-hmm. i guess my last example is okay so you have a three-year-old and you're at um all of our friends we throw a pool party and so we all meet at my house my mansion and um amen me and my doctor husband you know what i'm saying amen. have a mansion and we have a pool in the back and so we're all there everyone has their kids you have a child who's three you have a child who's six and you have a child who's 12 and you tell the 12 year old to watch the three and the six-year-old is it three six Oh, yeah, you okay. said there's six and then twelve. There's three, six, and twelve. Three, six, and twelve. Okay, so you tell your twelve year old to watch your three and six year old as you're swimming. Your twelve, your twelve year old knows how to swim. Six years old is in training, uh, is in swimming lessons. But a three year old is doesn't know how to swim. But they're still in the water with their floaty and stuff like that. And the three year old starts to drown, and it gets a little bit serious because no one realized that they were drowning for a minute long until someone notices, and they're like, "Oh shoot, your baby's drowning!" And so then. You know, the baby comes out, but then the baby's okay at the end of the day, but it kind of got a little bit serious because the baby was drowning. How do you address each of your children? It's not the children's fault. It's the parents. That's neglect. Mm, really? Yes. You want your 12-year-old to parent your your children? What? I, don't, I wouldn't say necessarily parent them, but like they were watching over them. Because that's, that's what a lot of, you know, that's what a lot of parents do. They, they tell the older children to watch the younger children. Just keeping an eye, watching this this an extent. This is this not this is different from, hey, I'm gonna take a call right now. Make sure they don't make a mess. Right. It's different from that. Mm-hmm. And leaving your children that you are aware that they cannot swim mm-hmm. in the pool. Right. At a party, with other children in the pool, mm. other adults in around, and you're distracted and aware that you have a three year old, seventy two months. Mm. Is it seventy two months? I think yeah. Yeah. twelve times three. Oh, 36 months. 36 months. You're leaving your 36-month-year-old child where? In a in a pool. First of all, there should be a kiddie pool. One, two. Mm. That's neglect. If anything, if you're reporting anything, the mom, the mom could be sentenced for something. Mm. It's not a 12-month, the 12-year-old's fault. Auntie, let me, if every 12-year-old out there, if your mom ever did that to you, let me tell you something real quick. It's not your fault. If you like, report that to the police. Hey! Wait, it's a joke. No, because parents do that a lot. You're trying to sabotage me. You're trying to do this. Hey, he's coming. He's sitting home. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is the trouble coming out. The trouble is coming out. This is manifesting, Lord. Play for me. No, that's... You're not going to do that. You brought these children. So it is your responsibility to watch them when they're in, this, in an unsafe place. Mm. Your responsibility. Not your 12-year-old's responsibility who barely knows how to wipe their own butt. Right. Oh, it's true. They don't know how to do it properly. Oh, wow. It's, they're 12. I mean, 12 years today, the way we even put on clip on them. It's true. When I was 12, auntie, I didn't even have breast or shot. There you go. I did not do uh, I was not great on potatoes. You, you 12 years are walking around. My hair, I like to swing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, TikTok. You, boo, you're not 12. You're 45. Nonsense. <laughs> Yeah, in your yeah, the way you embrace your body this <laughs> Oh wow. Yeah, and see, I don't know what kind of twelve year old you were, but the twelve year old I was I was not cute crack 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 I was wearing justice shirts when the sparkles yes, yes, they want the sequence so you can move with your hands. Yes. 
this is real 12 year old you fake 12 year olds go back wherever you came from she said go back in time bro seriously but that 12 year old should not be responsible for that because mm. most times if, if other kids are there the 12 year old is not going to want to look at the, right. the other children you cannot no and, and that's also the problem a lot of people who live in low income families are forced to, are forced to mature super mm. fast you know and a lot of Berea students today struggle with that where they find themselves parenting you know your roommates yeah, I think you got your, your roommate's uh, mother mm. hey <laughs> the audacity no you're not my mom they talk to them as though like we're all yeah, that's my mom I think I do it too I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> you do, do it too I do it too. <laughs> 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 but they think they, they mature so fast like yeah. it's not a 12 year responsibility to be watching anybody's kid mm. they're not if you can't leave a what a nine-year-old in the car mm. you can't do that yeah then you should leave a you should leave a 12 year old who is on a life safe uh, a life gu- a guard who doesn't have a certified lifeguard license who just learned how to back float in a pool to watch a six and a 12 a three-year-old that's two human beings they don't even know how to watch themselves they can't cook I could cook when I was 12, though. Don't get it twisted. But uh, Cooking with no breast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's crazy, but it's, it's true. It happened. I was cooking. My mom said, if I, if I know how to eat, I must know how to, to cook. So I learned how to cook. Come on. But I feel like I feel like there's there's a little bit of a confusion here mm-hmm. on the maturity level to actually do that. When you force a child to grow up, they it, yeah, yeah, that's that's trauma all of it. The, then they yeah. end up doing, uh, they end up doing, a, uh, what's the thing? Oh, Quaitus? What? Quaitus? Is that text? No, yeah. <laughs> no, oh, that's what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke, it's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> ah, and they end up doing uh, 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 attachment styles and getting disorganized, fearful avoidance because of that. <laughs> you're upset with your, your 12 year old because you, the mother, decided to not watch your. Oh. Wisdom. Wisdom. The Bible says wisdom knows her children. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that was my last scenario. I really I really like that because, um, I mean, you're a child and family studies major. And we talk about things like this all the time in psychology. So it's like, wow, to hear the perspective of how things usually go, but how they probably should go to be better. I think it's very encouraging, um, especially for people like me. I'm not I'm not exposed to a lot of different styles of parenting. I just know like how my parents raised me and then my community and then the people that I meet, they tell me about how their parents raised them. But a lot of us were raised the same way, which it could have gone better. But I, I do commend our parents for what they knew how to do in the moment. Mm-hmm. And so I think it encourages me to like study more. Like honestly, Hulu, I love watching number one, my wife and kids. That's like my, one of my favorite shows because I love the way that he parents his children. He jokes with them and he teaches them lessons through like pranks and stuff. So that, that's, that's another thing. Mm. Um, I love wife swap. I love uh, the nanny. Yes. Is it the nanny? Uh, the one that comes from London. To yes. Is the something, something nanny. Yeah. I think it's, the, let's just say the nanny. No, the nanny is like Fran. Uh, the one, the lady that comes in, it's, it's a different show. She's a British woman that comes with glasses. Nice, really. Yeah. Okay. A it's a different woman. show, but yeah. she's pretty much that. So I love watching shows like that because it teaches me you can do this in a nice way. And I feel like a lot of African parents, like sometimes they do it the way they know how to, but it's very mean. And so they, 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 uh, raise very like, mean children or people who are just like i don't know we have basa basa we have scattered some of us are too mean some of us are too nice but we don't know what we're doing but mm-hmm. yeah so it just encourages me to learn a lot about like how we need to 
um, raise my children, especially with like positive reinforcement and not always negative, not always beating them, not always like saying something or manipulating how mm. they should respond. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the principles of life are the same. What you sow, you reap. If you're sowing negative negativity into your children, you will reap children that produce negativity. Mm. It is also possible for you to sow positivity and reap children that do bad things. There is no guarantee. But exploring other options on raising children in ways that they're healthy and, they're sound, and having a sound mind, it is God that gives that. But raising them to receive that is 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 a far better option so mm-hmm. you know go to school learn about parenting styles the internet is there watch videos you know don't limit yourself to african and culture culture is it's another bondage but we'll talk about another time but yeah that's 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 all i gotta say Thank you for having me on your episode of this podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This is fun. I like hearing myself in the speakers. <laughs> well, am I supposed to close it out? Yes, you are. Well, well, well. After an hour, 10 minutes, and 29 seconds. Thank you guys for this time. I hope you learned something. I hope I, you know, I get 100 on this. But if I don't, you know, it's okay because I am positively reinforcing myself that I can mm, do better next time. Give me. Come on. <laughs> As you should. Amen, amen, amen. Well, this is Sabrina. And this is Danielle Corsa Brown. And we out. Bye. <laughs>